podcast from the Arsenal. Welcome back, Arsenal fans. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Blast from the Arsenal, your weekly podcast for all things Arsenal. I'm Angelo, your host. Joining me, as he does every week, is Diddley. How are you doing, Diddley? Is this an awkward long pause because you're not sure how you're feeling? No, well, I thought... Arsenal didn't bother turning up at the start, so why should I? Oh, fantastic, fantastic. We'll get onto that in just a moment. But other than that, everything all right? Yeah, good, thanks, yeah. I'm feeling a bit better now. A few days have passed since the defeat to Brentford, which was we'll obviously get on to, but wasn't great, was it? It wasn't, it wasn't. What's going on in your life? In my life? Away from Arsenal, what's going on? Not much. Busy with the old graphics and whatnot. Uh Still waiting to move Racing around. cars, I've got a boat to do this week, so exciting stuff. That's it. Yeah, still waiting to move house as well. That's been the longest thing of my life. It's nearly a year. Christ, and you thought watching Arsenal was bad. <laughs> um, and yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm alright, I'm alright. Um, bought some tickets today to the Norwich match, so I'm looking forward to going to that. Uh, and obviously we'll be going to some more uh, together in the near future won't we yeah. so um, I, I think I'm looking forward to that I'm not sure I'm looking forward to the the pre-match experience of a few drinks and, and something to eat um, and possibly the ride home if it's if it's a good or a bad uh, a bad, bad experience but um, now I was thinking that game's not till the 11th of September we may have a new manager by then who knows but again we'll come on to that in a moment uh, so yeah other than that all is good, mate. All is good. Uh, some lovely feedback, actually, on the socials this week. Um, you know, obviously, we're back after after a full season. We've done, what, two episodes now, haven't we? We did the sort of pre... Uh, well, the preview of the season ahead and then and then the, the preview of the Brentford game. So, for everyone that's downloaded those, thank you so much. Please continue to tell your, your friends, your family, and, you know, your dentist, whoever. Um, maybe not your dentist if they're not an Arsenal fan and you're telling them about an Arsenal podcast that might pull your teeth out so uh, you know choose someone else but thanks for downloading if you want to leave us a review please do um, preferably on Apple Podcasts but you know wherever Twitter that's all good uh, and speaking of Twitter Diddley we always say that uh, Twitter and Instagram is the hub of all of our social media activities where we have some of the best conversations outside of this podcast HQ it's um, the place to be. It's the place to be. Uh, if we're not having the conversations, usually someone on, on the feed is. It's so, true. It's yeah, true. It's all good. You know, as Ian Wright says, Twitter, is it the, the place that strangers become friends? Something like that. So, uh, you know, enough of the uh, enough of the waffle. Where can they find us if they're, if they're not following us? It is at Blast Arsenal Pod. The same. Every, every week. Every week. Every week. Um, you know, we always say you're going to hear that. What is it? At Blast Arsenal Pod. Thank you. Just in case you forgot. All right, another phrase you'll hear every week is me saying, God, we've got a lot to get through. And guess what? We've got a lot to get through. Uh, seems that so much has happened since Friday's defeat to Brentford. Uh, obviously, time of recording, we're, we're you know, Monday, Monday night. A weekend has passed. And it feels like loads has happened. So we'll, we'll, we'll discuss a number of different things. But in traditional fashion, as we do every week, we're going to start with Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week. Now, for anyone that's new to blast from the Arsenal podcast why don't you tell them Diddley what tweet of the week is uh, it's pretty self-explanatory Angelo but I will uh, up, update everyone on this this is basically we pick our best couple of tweets that we see that make us giggle or, or just something that might be quite profound 
Exactly. We pick them, we save them, and then we share them with each other, and then we pick a winner, and they're Tweet of the Week. There you go, simple as that. You could be Tweet of the Week. Make you know, make sure you're tweeting. You don't have to tag us in it. We're going to see what you're up to. Uh, the key thing is follow us, and we follow everyone back, don't we? Sometimes it's people we're not even following. Do you know what I mean? Make, makes it onto the onto the feed, and uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, but what we what we always do is shout out the Tweet of the Week, don't we? we Go do. on to Twitter and say, oi, that piece of work you've just done, cracking. So... Let's read out the nominations for Tweet of the Week this week. There are four, um, and shortlisted from actually quite a... Quite a few. Quite a few. So we, we've, we've worked it down to the best four. So Diddley, do you want to read the first, then I'll read one, then you read one, then guess what? I'll read one. We'll do oh, that. That's, that's a good way Seems of doing fair. things. Right, okay, so I've got this first one from Amy, who is at AEJ11X, and she says, hope all these barbecues Edu's having is his application to be part of the Emirates kitchen staff. <laughs> yes, uh, famous for having a cigar in his mouth and a sausage on the barbie. Do you know what, though? For all his faults, I would like to go to an Edu barbecue. I wouldn't mind going to an Edu barbecue. Probably, you know, mid-season when, when it's not transfer window time. Or is he, a, is he the kind of chef that performs best under pressure and he's stressed and, you know, really... I don't think he's that really, kind, no. No, no, you're right. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind going to a, uh, a Brazilian barbecue. Yeah. Decent. All right, thank you for that. Next tweet of the week is from Sam, who uh, his Twitter handle is at AFC Sam. And I say that because he's got, what, one, two, three, he's got four M's in Sam. Uh, so it's not Sam 3Ms, it's Sam 4Ms. Maybe it's Sam... Um... Oh, yeah. Like, mmm, Medi Barbecue. <laughs> uh, anyway, he says, the only people who won the Lampard, Ole, Arteta debate are Chelsea Football Club. They realised before anyone else their manager is tactically inept. <laughs> uh, which is brilliant. Um, all three were sort of being compared as code men, PE teachers and the like. Yeah. And, um, but some have had more money to spend than others, but that's a different debate. That is a different debate. So there's two. Who's your number three? My number three is from Paul Donahoe, who's at Paul underscore Donahoe. I'm not interested in what Jamie fucking O'Hara thinks about Arsenal, so stop retweeting the cunt. <laughs> yeah, I always think that. Am I allowed to say that word? Well, we just had a podcast, oh, and we just yeah. did. I always put it down as explicit, so if any uh, you know sensitive souls are listening, tough. Sorry. Well, yeah, you say sorry, I say tough. I did see Jamie O'Hara today tweet something, or there was a clip of him on Flipping Talksport where he said he'd give the Arsenal job to Eddie Howe because he's better than what we've got. Oh, really? <laughs> so, uh, Paul kind of sums up very nicely his thoughts on uh, on uh, Jamie O'Hara. Now, I've got one other tweet which makes Tweet of the Week. Now, you would have heard the news, and if you haven't, we're going to talk about it shortly, but Granit Xhaka has been offered a new contract extension with Arsenal until 2025. Um, and you'll recall, obviously, all of the, the faults that he's had, really, during his time at Arsenal. He's, he's ruckus with the fans. He was swore at the fans. He, he took off his armband. He threw it at whoever came on in his place. Um, he's practically said he's going to go to Roma this summer, and he's ended up with a contract. So, Helen, who's at the Arsenal Helen, nice and simple. I do like a, a simple um, Twitter handle. says, imagine you work at Tesco, and some guy told all the customers to fuck off threw his uniform on the floor, told everyone he would love to go work at Morrison's, then your manager rewards him with a pay rise. How would you feel? Hashtag Edu out, hashtag Cronky out. I like the way there's no blame on Arteta there in those uh, hashtags. Um, but excellent uh, metaphors there, don't you think, Diddley? Yeah, it's a good analogy. Yeah, It is a good analogy. 
So four corkers, I think. It's four very good. They are. It's tough. Tweets of the week. But as as you know, as always, I'm going to give it to you to decide who you think should win tweet of the week. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with one of my own ones. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Paul Donahoe, I think, for me. Paul, yeah, everyone hates Jamie O'Hara in equal measures, including Spurs fans, probably. Yeah. So, uh, well done, Paul. You are this week's Tweet of the Week. I thought we should have a little fanfare at that point, but... That's terrible. <laughs> uh, we're a budget podcast. That's the best we can do. So, uh, thanks, Paul, and we'll give you a shout-out on Twitter. Uh, so, some good stuff. Some, some... But that's all the fun out of the way. Now we've got all the stress to go through. But before we do that, let's talk transfer news, because uh, obviously we're going to talk about the... Uh, the loss to Brentford, but quite clearly we need some more reinforcements and there's um, what, a little over a week and a half left of the transfer window. Um, so let's talk about some of the transfer rumours that have been floating around since, probably over the weekend actually, but, but certainly since the, the game on Friday. Um, so first one, Martin Odegaard to Arsenal, looking likely. Um, obviously he was on loan for the latter part of, half, of last season. Um, not been registered by Real Madrid's latest squad is that how it works I don't know if you register like you do in the Premier League your Premier League squad I don't think he's been registered for their La Liga squad uh, well he, uh, no he didn't make the match day squad did he I, uh, I don't okay, think at the weekend uh, they gave his number as well to Rodrigo always a giveaway but <laughs> but always a giveaway that uh, you're not really in the plans yeah um, this one looks pretty clear cut I think uh, it always was the case that Odegaard was uh, high on the list of targets for that position. I think it's quite well known. Arteta loves him. And he's a good player. He's still young. I can't believe how young he is, to be fair. Was he 23? 22. 22. And he's been around a long time, it seems. You know, he, well, he got moved. his move at 16, yeah, I think, to 15, Real Madrid 16, something like that, yeah. for a couple of millions. And uh, a lot of pressure on him. And I think initially he struggled. He's had a couple of loans you know what a good loan can do for mm-hmm. you uh, I think Heron Vane and, and um, somewhere else Is the that? yes that's the one yeah Yeah, and, and Arsenal and course. Arsenal yeah so it seems like quite a congested midfield at Real Madrid he's clearly not uh, you know in the pecking order so I think his first choice was to come back to Arsenal actually as much as it was Arsenal's wish to get him because um, you know he settled in in London uh, and he seemed to he actually seemed to gel quite well with the with the team when he played. He had a, he had a couple of injuries that kept him out, didn't he? But um, I'd be happy if he came. I know a lot of sort of fans are saying, well, "What about James Madison? We really should be going for him." But um, he he's one that I'm I'm certainly enthused by. You? Um, I like him. I do like him as a player. He is a good player and. He fits well within the tactics that Arteta, whatever they are, wants to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try and implement. Yeah, yeah that's the one. Yeah. Um, does it excite me? Not really, because we've seen it. I think we've had a taster of it. I kind of wanted something a little bit. You know, you always want something. A new, new toy. A new yeah. toy, something yeah. new and shiny and and stuff. But all I'm gonna say is. Mustafi was a new toy once. Mm. Serd Kalasanac was a new toy once. Um, to name but a few. Yeah. 
New... Some, some toys come without batteries though, don't they? They do, they do. <laughs> um, but you know, sometimes a used car works better than a new car. That's all I'm going to say. It's luck. Um, so, well, look, we'll see. There's two rumours though flying around with this one. One is a 35 to 40 million pound purchase. Yep. One is a loan for a year with... Uh, obligation. There's an obligation or option to purchase for... 30 to 35 million assuming that you pay a loan fee and that pays some of the some of the transfer permanent transfer fee they want this year so um, yeah we'll wait and see what comes of that but I'd be keen on it um, and I don't think that would be the only purchase there's still talks of Awa um, from Leon who's available for sort of 20 to 25 million my view and I think we spoke about this either last podcast or we were in between I can't remember but my view is if we've got say £60 million to play with, would you rather get Odegaard an hour for £60 million, or would you rather get James Madison for £60 million? Uh, I think I'd rather the two, to be honest. Yeah. I think to have a little bit more depth, a little bit more quality in the squad, I mean, you, you could see on Saturday we were struggling sure. to, to yeah. create and, and get a goal, and who did we bring on? Reese Nelson. Yeah. Whose last game I think was July last year or yeah. something stupid. Yeah. So um, you know, don't no ask Arsenal, we won't get either of them. But <laughs> if we could, that wouldn't be a bad uh, a bad return for that sort of money. Um, other potential incomings: um, Ramsdale, goalkeeper from Sheffield United. So that all looked like it fell through, but uh, apparently Roma, uh, oh sorry, Sheffield United are in for one of the Roma keepers. Um, I don't know which one. I've read it earlier today. Um, but uh, yeah, if they're getting a, a keeper of that calibre in or from a team of that calibre, it might suggest that um, Ramsdale could be available to leave after all. We do need a second choice goalkeeper. Uh, you could argue we need a first choice goalkeeper. But, um, you know, I was thinking Leno, if he got injured against Ivan Tony, for example, in, you know, against Brentford, and we've got to bring on. Runison or Runison wasn't even on the bench, was he? It was um, Carl Hine, I think. Yes, Carl Hine, yeah. So, you know, how we're in this situation so close to the deadline, I don't know. But um, so look, that's the other, that's the only other incoming of of sort of concrete that that we've seen. Uh, sorry, finally, the third one was still uh, Latura Martinez from Inter Milan. Um, that again we've been linked with we're very keen on but they've just sold Lukaku are they really going to want to sell another striker albeit they are desperate for money at the moment so that might play into into our hands so we'll wait and see it's all silly season really isn't it it is um, you know we're not the only club that's in this position we've, we've struggled to sell players our Chelsea squad's massive I don't know if you've seen the size of that yeah they've Got around 42 players, I think. Mm. They've got to whittle that down. Chelsea NFL team, is it? <laughs> it's it's a difficult market, and I'm not trying to make excuses for Edu and, and Arteta and Richard Garlic if he's involved, but it, it is difficult out there. European clubs, they don't have the money. Um, and English clubs don't want our crap, basically, do they? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about this. I think our issue is not so much money, it's squad availability, for want of a better word. So we can't sign a player until we get someone out to free up that space. And I was talking about Chelsea having 42 players, obviously we don't want to be in that position. 
there's talk of Fenerbahce being interested in Kalasinac. So, like we did with Ozil, uh, and maybe even with Mkhitaryan, I can't remember, where we cancelled their contracts, paid them off, see you later. Would you prefer we do something like that for certain fringe players just to free up the space if it means we don't get the money in, but it allows us to get a player in? If it allows us to get a player in, yeah, but it's just not the way to be it's doing not. business. It's not, you're right. Um, if we're trying to move a player on, they know we want them to move on. They're not going, they want the money. I would just, just fucking not register them, stick them in the resis and, and train by yourself. Man. Yeah. Like you're not involved with a first team squad. We've made the position clear. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, yeah. The problem is you're still paying high wages for somebody to not do anything, and could those wages be freed up to pay for a new signing? So let's say, for example, I'm just going to throw a number out here that's made up. Let's say that Arsenal want five million for Kalasinac. Would we be better off to say, do you know what? Just take him for a million pounds. We don't want to do it for free. Take him for a meal. See you later, and then we can give a hundred grand a week to whoever. Do you, do you know what I mean? I don't know, it, and it's not as easy as that. I appreciate. Um, but when you're this late into the market, you kind of have to make cut deals like that, don't you, to, to move people out so that you can bring others in? Yeah, no, there will be deals like that in the next two weeks mm. that 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 will raise eyebrows, you know, that people will pay over the odds and, and um, do anything they can to, to get players off yeah. their books, yeah. pay them off, and we'll probably be one of those clubs. Yeah. You know, we used to have a great reputation in the market. I know we're going off on one here. I hate Spurs as much as any Arsenal fan. But if you were to say Spurs in the transfer market selling, what is your, um, what, what's their reputation? You'd say Daniel Levy, 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 whatever his name is. Ruthless businessman, wouldn't you? They're not easy to buy players from on the cheap. Mm. Arsenal, you'd say soft touches, Hold out until the last minute and then they'll let you have them for nothing. Yeah, but look at the players that they're selling. Yes, yeah. Yeah, okay, right. There's, they, so they have to sell their top superstars. Gareth Bale, 90 million. Uh, Modric, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the... Um, Harry Kane's the latest one yeah. that's going to go... He's going to go for a lot of money because he's one of their best players. Yeah. It's not like we're trying to shift Aubameyang... I don't think we, we have any good players though, do we? Well, <laughs> we don't have any any big assets like that at the moment. Like I'd like to, to see him get money for Eric Dyer. Yeah, but the thing is, he probably will. He probably will. But yeah, point taken, point taken. Um, I guess the uh, the assets they have sold are, you know, I guess easier to sell and can and can command a better price than trying to sell your, your dross. But... So look, we could go on, uh, off on that forever, but those are the uh, incomings. There are talked over of some outgoings. Um, so uh, David Ornstein, respectable um, journalist, very close ties to Arsenal, has confirmed that Bellerin wants out, which is no great surprise, but Hector Bellerin wants to leave. Oh, tell us something we don't know, David. Yeah. Um, at, but he's so sick of it, he's just so ready to leave, he's willing to take a pay cut just to get out oh, of the club. Of course he is, he's a good lad. Yeah, save save Arsenal some money. Um, thoughts on that? I mean, obviously he wasn't in the Brentford squad. 
Oh, well, he was on the bench, but he didn't make the first 11. We've spoken before about does he kind of still have the hunger to play for Arsenal? I think I mentioned last week, he looked like he, in the pre-season games, he looked like, I just don't want to be a, I need a new challenge. He does, yeah. So is it kind of best that he leaves? I think so, for all parties. Yeah. Even as a Bellerin fanboy, you get into that yeah, stage? Yeah, I do, yeah. I still follow his Instagram. Yeah, well, you know, you like his clothes. Uh, but, you know, we don't judge. Um, so, yeah, there was talk of him going to Inter, but Inter wanted him on loan. Arsenal wanted him out well, they've, permanently. They signed the right back yesterday, I believe. Uh, Dumf- Denzel Dumfries. Yeah, 15 million, apparently. 15? Yeah, or 12, something crazy like that. It was, You know, when you think he was one of the better players for the Dutch uh, national team in... Mm. At the Euros, it just seems a steal. That's the sort of business that we should be doing, but there you go, it is what it is. So Bellerin looks like he's on his way out. Uh, and who was the other one? Oh, of course, the big one, or big two. Um, so we'll, um, well, I'll tell you what, we'll come on to that in a minute, but it's Orba and Lacquer. Mm. Uh, didn't make the Brentford team because they were ill. Um, and apparently... We're ready to sell both of them. So we'll come back to that in a moment when we review the Brentford game because it's probably the right place to talk about it. Um, and then the other one was obviously Granite Jacker signing his new deal, uh, an extension till 2025. Thoughts on that? <sighs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, dear. I'm not... Um... I'm not his biggest fan. I'm not a hater of Granite Shaka. I, I, I see good and bad in him. But I was quite looking forward to him leaving. Yeah. It looked dead on that he was going to go to Roma. I was quite relieved about that and excited to see someone new come in and replace him and just offer something different. And uh, we, you know, we saw the, the worst of Granite Shaka. On Saturday, really. Friday, yeah. Friday, yeah, sorry. We did. A sick, cynical part of me wonders whether this is Mourinho at Roma getting one over on Arsenal fans by pretending they were going to buy him but never really going to buy him just to get our hopes up. It wouldn't surprise me. He's that kind of manager. But, um, yeah, bottom line is he's got an extension, whether that's to protect his value or whether that's because we really want him at the club. God only knows, but it's uh, it's signed and, and sealed now. What I will say is it's quite telling that when most other players sign extensions at Arsenal, they make quite a big thing of it, don't they? Or at least post a story. Granite Jack is signing an extension at Arsenal has been reported by every other news outlet except Arsenal themselves. I don't think they've actually mentioned it yet. Mm. Um, maybe in fear of the backlash they might get, especially after... The weekend, as you say, his performance. Um, yeah, it's a strange one. It is a strange one, and uh, like I say, nothing that, that can be done about it. We we kind of just have to deal with it and, and move on, and hope hope that in the next week and a half, two weeks, whatever it is, till the end of the transfer window, we sign someone else you would class as a starter because Lukonga was actually one of the better players against Brentford. Um, but, you know, when Thomas Partey's fit, you'd say Thomas Partey's the starter in the team. Lukonga's going to earn his, his place. But for balance on the left-hand side, it's still Xhaka at the moment, isn't it? 
Um, so we've got to hope that maybe we sign someone else of quality that can almost limit his appearances. I, I can't see it. I can't either. That's the sad thing about it. But yeah, yeah, it's like um, we've broken up with a girlfriend and she was finally out the door, but then we saw her on a night out and decided to have a one night stand with her. Yeah, and she's still here. Yeah, the STDs won't go. <laughs> moving on moving on right Arsenal-Brentford um, we did the preview didn't we and actually I think us and every other account on Twitter Instagram and, and uh, you know major news outlet that did a predicted lineup, largely got it right before the match um, so we then hear the breaking news that Lacazette and Aubameyang are absent from the squad. And Arteta worded it in such a way, didn't he? Where he said, uh, when asked, why are they absent? He said, uh, they're both, they both have illness. That's all I can say at this time. Where's to that effect? Very weird. You know when someone says it's not what you say, it's the way you say it? Mm. Um, so in comes Martinelli and Balogun. Uh, into the starting lineup, we'll go through the lineup in a moment. But what what were your thoughts on both of them not being available and the way that it was worded, and then the subsequent reports that um, Arsenal are willing to take offers for both of them? It could just be media bullshit, but uh, I do think I didn't buy into that that sort of conspiracy that you know there was some sort of Something's gone on and, and they were looking to get rid of them. Um, when, when it comes to a player's health, there, there tends to be sort of a, a rule or an understanding where they, where they don't make it public. don't know if you're aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so As opposed to an injury, you mean? Yeah. Um, it's likely that it's COVID-related. I don't know if we can say that or not, but... We just did, oh, so... Speculating, aren't we, yeah. It could be that. Do you think it's discipline and it's a cover-up? It's a big call, if it is. Big, big call. Mm. First game of the season. To throw in Balogun up top, is what, his first Premier League start? Yeah. And it showed as well, yeah. if I'm being honest. Yeah. Because Orba was late to the Spurs game last year, you might remember, and he was um, sent to the bench, basically. He wasn't starting. Arteta's kind of taken that iron iron fist approach, if you like. His non-negotiables, blah, blah, blah. I, yeah, I, I was really torn with this. Part of me thought, well, maybe they are ill, and like you say, doesn't want to say what it is. But then the other part of me thought, wherever Orba's been, he's actually created some sort of issue you know there were there were doubts about him whether he would fit in at Arsenal because at Dortmund it left when he left it was actually quite a sour ending wasn't it you know he was a bit of a troublemaker he didn't want to play blah 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 I'm not saying that's the case here but I just wonder what you know is there something and is it a coincidence that the two strikers that are two best friends that do a lot together are both absent at the same time I don't know and we won't know until the all yeah, or nothing comes out, I guess, will we? Maybe that's why he doesn't want to say anything, doesn't want to ruin the spoiler 
for an all or nothing documentary comes out next year. Um, but look, it is what it is. They didn't play, and as you say, changes were made. Um, so I'll run through the lineup real quickly, shall I? Yeah, what I would say is the information came out quite early on in the day. Mm. So make of that what you will. As in what you don't think it was a last minute change and no. it was always going to be that way. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, I mean, they must be really ill because there are talks that they're not going to be available for the Chelsea game either. Mm. If it was COVID, I mean, other players that have had COVID, they've come out and said it's COVID, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I've, so I've it, no it's, idea. It's such a it's such a a tricky one, and um, maybe we'll never find out. I don't know. But look, starting lineup as I say, it ended up changing. Leno in goal, no great surprise. Chambers starting a right back instead of Bellerin, which I don't know. Were they thinking maybe his physicality? Uh, he might be a bit stronger than Bellerin to, against the likes of Atoni or or others. Um. Ben White made his full Arsenal debut in goal. Pablo Mari next to him. Um, Kieran Tierney. Then we had Xhaka and Sambi in the middle. Smith Rowe just ahead of them. Pepe on the right. Martinelli on the left. And Flo Balogun in the middle. When you saw the lineup, what did you think? Uh, I, was, I was worried where the goals were going to come from. Mm-hmm. It's always exciting to see an academy player get a get a run out. Get a, I mean, a, to get a start up front for Arsenal at that age, it's a big deal. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to watching him and seeing what he could do, and I even had an idea for a title for the podcast if he if he bagged. <laughs> to be honest, but maybe save it. Is he gonna? Yes, it? Yeah. he uh, he. He looked a little bit out of his depth, I think. Um, he could do with a loan spell in the championship, I think. Yeah. To men's, adapt to, actual, to men's football. Yeah. Um, to to go from the under-23s straight into the Premier League, it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He looked, uh, he looked like he was snatching at the opportunities he did have. Um, and someone with a bit more composure might have been able to buy half a second to get a proper shot off. He was desperate. Do you, you know what I mean? That's how I yeah. saw it. Um, but what he does do well, he do, he makes really good, clever runs. He his link up play wasn't quite there, but you could see what he was trying to do. I think. Yeah, I I feel the biggest disappointment, other than the result was the fact that we had such a patchwork team full of kids because we're not ready with the uh, with the season to start because of our lack of transfer activity. You know, when you think about it, we've got David Luiz left, Ben White's come in as a replacement. It's not an extra body, that's a replacement. We lost um, Danny Ceballos. You could argue we've, we've swapped him with Lokonga. So it's not an extra body, it's a replacement. Uh, and obviously we lost Odegaard. We've not replaced him with anybody. Um, and then you know we had we had senior strikers that were injured, so we just had to throw in the kids. It just feels like the the, the squad depth isn't there in terms of quality or numbers really. This you know the team beforehand picked itself, let alone with the injuries as well. So yeah, just really underwhelming, really frustrating performance. Um, 
And I felt like it could be a potential banana skin. First game of the season, first game for Brentford, Friday night, first time the crowd are back, you know, on TV. Just the, the, the atmosphere was fantastic and full credit to Brentford. But I could see this one being a potential banana skin before we had the inexperience on the field, let alone with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, on a positive note, even though we were all away, it's it is good to have fans. I think yeah, back in the in the ground in yeah. the stadium. Um, I mean, they made some noise, didn't they? Yeah, fantastic, proper football tie. That um, it felt like a cup tie. It did. It did. You're right against a lower league opposition, and and um, you know we we didn't turn up. We were lacklustre, no intensity, no energy. No fight there, really. Mm-hmm. Um, no tackles. You know, no one just putting in a challenge just to say, "Come on, let's get going." Mm-hmm. You know, um, insipid. Nice. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I think it means obtained, doesn't it? But look, Arteta's inability to get the team playing with from the start with any sort of intensity or purpose is an issue I think it's happened it's happened pretty more much to, more than well more often than not yeah, that's, I think is the yeah, phrase yeah. because I can't remember many games maybe Man United last season but many games where we've like come out of the, the blocks you know all guns blazing I the, really can't the Europa League tie I think Away to Slavia Prague, I think. Yes, yeah. Three nil up within twenty minutes yeah. or so. Other than that, literally a handful. Yeah. Um, so what what key points did you pick out of the game that we you, you want to discuss this week? I thought with Brentford playing two up top. They caused a lot of issues for Ben White and Pablo Mari, who look slower than Pablo Escobar at the moment. Um, yeah, Ben White didn't have an easy time of it on his full Premier League debut for us. I no, don't he, think. he came in for a lot of criticism, actually, didn't he? He did, yeah. And I don't think he was as bad as maybe Sky Sports made out. Um, his pass completion was over 90%, which is pretty good. I just felt he was pinned back and being just the two at the back and not not a three, which he's used to playing in, it wasn't easy for him to come out with a ball and start uh, attacks Mm -hmm. from from the back. I just don't know why Arteta didn't switch it to three at the back, knowing that they were two up up top. Especially with Chambers as well, who can play centre-back. Yeah, but Rob Holden was on the bench, you know... It just seemed obvious to me that that would have been a way to to deal with the two forwards, mm. um, because we were struggling playing it out from the back. You know, we this is how we're supposed to be playing, and we just looked nervous and panicky, and yeah. no one seemed brave enough. The amount of times we were getting caught in on the press, Shaka. Yeah. Where do you where do you even start? I mean, with? where was he? Eighteen yard box. He asked for the ball from Leno, or Leno played the yeah. ball to him. But he had his back to the pitch, and he just got pounced on immediately. And 
you, you know, who do you blame there? Do you blame Xhaka uh, uh, for trying to take the ball on the edge of his own box? Or do you blame Leno for thinking, I'll pass it to you, oh, hold on, there's two players on you. I'll still pass it to you. You know, you, if you're showing for the ball, you're confident that you can receive you. it and give it. So it's on you, really. Mm. It's on Shaka for me for that. Mm. Leno's given the ball. He's dwelled on it. He's not been quick enough. Gets caught. Luckily, we got away with that one. But yeah, you you want to talk about the goals? Uh, yeah, I suppose we should, as much as we probably don't want to remind ourselves of them. I think just before I do that, that that two of the the big things that I picked up on in the match, we missed in this instance Lacquer. Lacazette, but actually just a target man that can hold the ball a, up. A presence. Yeah. yeah. Win the ball, hold it, be strong, bring others into play. And that's where Balogun, this match didn't suit his game. You know, he is a, a almost a, an Aubameyang type striker. I'll run onto it. You know, play it through the, the two defenders, I'll run onto it. So we really miss somebody holding the ball in, uh, in midfield. And the other thing I, I, I just kept seeing over and over again was Leno... Poor distribution, too slow with the ball, as in we've caught it from a corner or a free kick. Release it immediately. You know, we've got fast players on our on our team, and you're not you're not releasing it quick enough. And then when you did release it, his kicking was rubbish. His throwing wasn't great. It just for me, um, he's a good shot stopper, but in this modern game, being just a good shot stopper isn't enough as a goalkeeper. You almost have to have it all, don't you? You have to be able to start attacks. Um, and you know you just see so many other Premier League um, goalkeepers that can do that. They can start attacks real quickly. So those are two key things that I, I noticed uh, in terms of the goal itself. First one, twenty-one minutes in. Um, it's a good goal, and actually you can't really blame Leno for this one because the power of it beat him. Maybe his sight wasn't great, but actually this one for me is on Callum Chambers. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it almost looked like the ball had gone out of play on, on the. Um, on the goal line if you like but there was no way of telling one way or the other because of the camera angles um, but he doesn't clear it well enough and then when he when he goes back in for it he doesn't get tight enough to um, Canos smash bottom corner done I bet he turns his back on it if I'm not mistaken does it take a nick off him? I think it might do I don't know yeah I agree with you he doesn't really close him down quick enough Maybe a midfielder should be tracking back as well. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's difficult for Leno, I think. Even though it was near post, it was so quick and he was a little bit unsighted. So. Yeah, you can't you can't pin that one on Leno at all. That's all the defence. And and you know, right back's becoming a big issue for us because it seems like nobody really wants to take that spot. And maybe the one player that we think could take that spot is in Anderson Maitland Niles. Doesn't want that spot. <laughs> he thinks he's Pirlo in midfield. Um, I don't know what we do there. Cedric Suarez is not good enough. Callum Chambers, we said but before, yeah, he's a squad let, player. You know, let's just fast forward to, uh, to the 80th minute and I think he gets subbed off. We've got two right-backs on the bench plus Ainsley Maitland-Niles yes. and he brings Tavares, Tavares on. He's yeah. a left-back. Yeah, Says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Um... I mean, I think he has played a few a few times at right-back for his previous club, but that's not his out-and-out position, as we know. He is a left-back, so... 
again, what do we do? I mean, we could go on. We could go on about transfers and contracts and everything forever. But I just think you know, look at Suarez, couldn't get a game at Southampton. Uh, comes to Arsenal, doesn't really play on loan much because he's injured, and we give him a four-year contract. And now we can't get rid of him. It's uh, it's just the classic Arsenal way, isn't it? So anyway, look, that was the first goal. Disappointing start, but you sort of think, well, we're only 20, 20 minutes in. We've got plenty of time to turn it around. Um, and actually, you know, the maybe the, the final result doesn't really tell the true picture. Um, we, we had a lot of chances, or, or a lot of opportunities to create chances is probably the better way of putting it. Um, uh, where was it? Yeah, Arsenal had the most shots this weekend in, in all games, not just against uh, Brentford. 22 goals. Uh, 22 goals, I wish. <laughs> 22 shots Arsenal had. Um, 19 was Liverpool's second highest this weekend. So we had the the chances, if the stats are anything to go by. Mm. I put out on Twitter earlier, Kieran Tierney uh, created the most chances in the first week of the season more than any other player. So it's almost like we, we're creating the chances. We're... We're having the, the shots, but our conversion's awful. And I wonder if that's because Brentford weren't giving us enough of a clear sight that we had to take random long shots that were going here, there and everywhere, and actually that's what we were limited to. There's very few clear-cut chances that I can think of. I don't know about you. Uh, I can think of two. I think one that Emil Smith-Rowe creates for himself. Yes, fantastic um, to have that. Turns on a halfway line, completely does his marker, uh, runs, you know, with with purpose. Slightly gets under his feet. I think the ball was he's on the edge of the area, uh, and sort of curls it into keeper's arms rather than either side of him. Yeah, yeah. And the other one was there was a good move down the left. It gets pulled back to Pepe, first time shot. In the near post, it's it's a really good save because it had yes. goal written all over yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. Which would have made it was that to make it one all or two one even. I can't remember. The only other one I could think of was Balogun. I think a, a ball came into the box to him, and just as he was about to shoot, I think I don't know if the ball got poked out of his out of his way, and he ended up missing it basically and either fouling the defender or, or I can't quite remember what happened but yeah yeah, very few clear cut chances 22 shots but I, I imagine half of those were at least off off target so um, not good from us from Brentford obviously they scored a second goal but they could have been two or three goals up before that point couldn't they mm. um, I forget who but a number of shots going just wide of the post I think Pablo Mari just tells himself short several times in that game uh, but yes, the goal on seventy third minute, classic Arsenal goal to concede. Do you want to talk through that one, or you got details of it? If not, it's the good old long throw. It's a long throw. The guy gets the bloody towel out to dry the ball. See, see it coming a mile off, don't you? Here we go. Launches it in. Leno, possibly being fouled. Is there enough for you on there? On that? Uh, there is. And there isn't. Um, which is just so sitting on the fence there is because his arms are being pinned behind his back that's a foul that's a foul you can't do that however somebody should be taking responsibility of that the first thing you want to be thinking is this is a long throw I need to make sure my keeper can come out and attack it no one's looking at the keeper no one's thinking I'm going to tackle this defender that's pinning him back off I'm going to, I'm going to pin, pin his arms back do you know what I mean nobody's taking that responsibility that shows the lack of leadership in our team um, 
And then secondly, when the ball just comes in, just nobody deals with it, do they? Awful. Mm. You? Yeah, I've got nothing to say about it. <laughs> just, just terrible. Just painful. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a classic goal that we've conceded as well more than more than one occasion. I think over the course of I don't know the last five years or so, it used to be a classic goal we'd concede against sort of Stoke really, wouldn't it? With the old Rory de Lap throw-ins and stuff. It's, yeah, I mean it's strange for me. We made a lot of progress last season defending from set pieces. I think we were one of the better sides yeah, in the yeah. league at it. So to concede a goal like that, just we we just one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. It's just very you know it's it's and I'm not saying it would have been different, but it's games like this. You realise what David Louise was maybe underrated at in terms of his big physical presence. He was a great attacker of the ball in the air. Can't deny that because he he was just so big, wasn't he? You wonder whether. We obviously we've lost that if you like because Ben White is more slight it's not the same type of defender I'm not going to pin this game on Ben White you, you found a stat didn't you about his um, number of headers that he won was it 3 out of 7 4 out of 7 something like that 3 out of 7 I think it um, was so you know but obviously they only show the 4 that he loses yes yes is this Sky Sports is it yeah he, yeah. Got, he got bullied so yeah, yeah that's right Um Look, he didn't. He didn't have a good game. I'm not gonna. No, he didn't. But then the, the whole team didn't really. I mean, there were one or two players that I looked at and thought, "I'm, I'm, I'm pleased for you." You know, out of out of this bag of crap of a game, <laughs> you know, one or two played played quite well. For me, uh, Sambi Lakonga, I was really impressed with what I saw of him. You know, young player, um, and he was by far one of our better performers. Wanted to drive forward, some neat touches, strong. Uh, I'm really, I'm really impressed with him, and I, yeah. I just hope he gets the game time to continue developing. Yeah, yeah, he looked good, especially second half. You know, he's he's great in those tight situations. He's very calm on yeah, the ball. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people seeing him as a when Thomas Party's Injured. not playing that you play him. I honestly don't know why he can't play both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, any other standouts for you? Just Jamie Carragher being a twat. <laughs> uh, for me, it was, the only other one was Kieran Tierney. He's relentless going down that left side. As I say, put more crosses in or, or more or more opportunities yeah. in yeah, than yeah, any yeah. other player. Mr. Consistency. Um, and as I said, bar that, I mean... But you've got to ask yourself... Why are we playing that way? Why are we crossing so much? Yeah. Who are we crossing to? Well, exactly. For one. Exactly. And is that what we are now? Well, you may have seen a tweet I put out earlier uh, with that stat that um, Tierney created the most chances in the first week of this season. Um, and I did say, you know, clearly we need someone to convert them. Who, Which striker would you have if you could have anybody? And uh, there are a number of different names put forward. Someone even said Andy Carroll, uh, friend of the show, <laughs> and Newcastle fan, so that might have been a joke. Um, do you think we need someone like that? Because we've said before, Lacquer is not a great header of the ball. He's too short, really. Uh, Aubameyang gets his head on quite a bit, but just can't direct it for love and the money. Who do you think we should have that would be good for that? Or, you're right, is that what we've become? Are we a cross on the left and that's it type of team? 
That's well, so how it looks to me at the moment. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you, you could well argue that we need a centre-forward that gets on the end of crosses. Yeah. There are There's a few it. names out there. There are. It's this, he's, he's the sort of player we should have had when Oli Giroud was about. Because, so we want about Giroud, he was brilliant at, at winning headers, scored quite a few... We just don't have that in our in our locker anymore, do we? We don't have a player, let alone a striker, that that could score, you know, goals like that on a regular basis. So, yeah, who are the names that you're sort of thinking? Not me personally, but names I've seen banded about. Obviously, I think we had a few mentions on Twitter today. Dominic Calvert-Lewin was the cropped up quite a few times. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we could afford him. No, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, being that he's English, gets in the Squad. Do you? Uh, you any? I don't know if we could afford him. I also don't know if he's the right sort of player for us anyway. Great in the air. But the, I don't know if he offers enough all-round game for Arsenal. But, oh, I mean, is, is he better than what we've got? Yeah, possibly. Uh, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Peter Crouch. Yeah, I did see that shout, yeah. Uh, I, I honestly I don't know I mean is that it, it's it's just bizarre because it doesn't strike me as the kind of forward that Arteta wants the way, the way he wants to implement his system yeah he wants someone to drop deep to hold it up to bring others into play and then get in the box yeah so we find ourselves in this precarious position we've played one game so far this season yeah we've brought in three players you could argue only one of them is really a starter. And people are already calling for Arteta's head. Mm. We've got Chelsea next, and then we've got Manchester City. So, you know, this fan base can turn pretty toxic pretty quickly. Um, what does Arteta need to do to fix this? Win games. He does. That's a magic ingredient. Score goals. What can he do to the team? Because I've got an answer in my head of what I would do if I was Arteta. But I don't know if you can sort of, you see something, you think, you know what? Stop doing that, start doing that. Is he too rigid? Definitely. Because one of the big things Wenger used to do was, guys, go and be creative. You're creative players. Do whatever you think is right. But we can't even say, you can't go out there and say to the players, do that now. Because we don't have those players anymore. <laughs> yeah. They've yeah. gone. Yeah. Santi Cazorla, Jack Wilshire, Thomas Rizicki, all these players that could just one touch football, mm. you know, all the way up the pitch. It was it was great to watch. Mm. You know, we were shit at the back because yeah. he wouldn't spend any money on good defenders. defenders yeah. And now we've gone the other way, where well, we're not great at the back, but we're better. <laughs> we're just shit all over the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I get what you're saying. We don't have those flair players like like we used to. No. Uh, almost like an Odegaard would be, or an Awa would be, um, Saka, Emma Smith Rowe. You know, we've got we've got some, but not enough to say just go and do your thing. Um, so yeah, is he too rigid? There have been talks again, rumours cropping up this week that people are saying, or, or players are apparently saying, Arteta's training sessions are too intense. Almost we can't understand what he wants because he's he's. Uh, I don't know, remember what he's trying to implement, we haven't got the right type of players for, and that's been a big criticism, is people saying, if you haven't got the players that fit your system and what you want, you need to adapt to what the players can do. Do you think that might be something? 
Well, whose fault is this then? Because he goes into an interview and says, this is how I want us to play. This is what we're going to do. But I need these players to do it. And if they don't go out and get the players for him, how can he do it? Yeah, yeah. I want to bake a cake, but you've gone out and got me some sausages. What's that all about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then we end up with Toad in the Hole. We do. Yeah, which is nice, but it's not what we want. Um, so I said, I, I had a thought process. Go back to basics. You know what? I thought we played best when we played three at the back, two wing backs, and then at least you've got a nice solid foundation. Um, just my personal opinion. Because when we won against Chelsea in the FA Cup final, I think that's what we did. Um, I think against Man City, we hit them on the counter. That's what we did. That's kind of where playing Auburn on the left is no problem because then he'll have lots of space to play into um, and use his pace. I don't know. Everything just seems very disjointed um, from top to bottom of the club, all the way down to the fans. Um, so, question is, will we beat Chelsea? No. Or will we beat City? No. Will Arteta, be, Arteta, be? will Arteta still be manager after that? Yes. <laughs> and do you know what? I agree on all those points. Uh, and I think the majority of the fan base think that too, if I'm honest. Mm. Which is a sad indictment of where we are. Now, just before we move on to the Chelsea preview, I understand that you got in touch with your dad and said, Dad, what's going on? I did, yeah. Tell me about that. So, new feature we're going to do. We're going to get... Um... We've got a one-sentence review from my dad. He's Italian. Uh, he doesn't... Well, he can speak English, but he can't write English. So what he does is, when he texts me, he does voice-to-text messages. And because he's got an accent, sometimes the words don't quite make it... What it should be. Well, yeah. yeah. He doesn't understand you know, Italian accents as clearly as... You might think it would. So so you texted him and said, Dad, what are you saying? What are your thoughts on the Arsenal game? And, and this is what I got back. He responded with a, 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 like a voice-to-text response. And so what the game is... I, I want you to decipher what he's saying. Okay. Is there a name for this feature? It's called What's a Diddly's Popper Text Today? Why wouldn't it be? Of course it is. Ready? All right, let's go. You've got a little jingle. What's a diddly's papa text today? What's a diddly's papa got to say? Who can guess what's on his mind? Not me. Come on, everybody, let's apply. If that's not an earworm, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Do you like that? I love that. People are going to be singing that at the Emirates. <laughs> right, so, you, so let's explain for those that can't see, because obviously they, they can't. I've written it down on A4 paper, so okay. I can just show you it. Yeah, and I've not seen this yet, just to point out, this is this is live, uh, real time. So go on then, you're going to show me this piece of paper and I'm going to try and work out. So, so you're going to read it out, word for word, in, in English, Yeah. and then try and work it out. Okay. See if you can work it out as well, guys. All right, so here it goes. <laughs> I think underwriting can ply better. The local lethargic, no get up, end, go. <laughs> so, that again, 
I think the underwriting comply better. The local lethargic, no get up, end go. All right, so I need to understand and work out what that says. This is a review of the Arsenal-Brentford game, yeah, the performance. That's right. right. Um, uh, I'm going to hazard a guess. Now, obviously, my dad's Italian too, so uh, I sort of try to work it out in his way of speaking as well, what that would say. I think at the end of right thing, play better, which sounds like I think something can play better. I'm not sure what underwriting is yet. The local lethargic, no get up and go. So I'm guessing that's no get up and go. Uh, I think underwriting can fly better. <laughs> um, right, I'm just going to hazard a guess here, and then you can put us out of our misery. I think Arsenal can play better. The something's got no get up and go. I don't know. You're gonna to have to put me out of my misery, mate. Go on. Okay. So what he's what he's uh, tried to get across to me was, I think the under 18s can play better. <laughs> of course, right. They look all lethargic. No get up and go. Ah, of course. So obvious. I mean, he's got a good point, though. He's got good points. The under 18s probably could play better. Um. Yeah, that's a. That's a toughie. Back next week, though, with more <laughs> What's the Diddly's Papa text today. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Thanks for that, mate. And who knows? Hope you guys got it too. You may have got that one. Uh, so let's talk about Chelsea. Arsenal-Chelsea um, at home, sun- Sunday 22nd of August, 4.30 kickoff. Um, now, we did the double over Chelsea last season. You remember we won an awful run of 10, 12 games without a win a large number of losses within that. Um, but it was the turnaround game um, that kind of kick-started our season. It was a 3-1 win. Uh, Emil Smith-Rowe was brought in. Saka scored, if I remember correctly. And we also did a 1-0 win over them uh, at Stamford Bridge in May as well. Um, the squads, to me, are miles apart. So it's chalk and cheese. You know, they've just gone and spent £98 million on an ex-striker who is an absolute unit. He's a beast. His goal record is phenomenal. He's done it in Belgium and Italy, obviously in England before. Um, the European champions. We're not even in Europe. <laughs> Sad times. Um, and they had a good opening day of the season. 3-0 win against Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace. Goals from Alonso, Pulisic and Chalabar. And I think what's really sad is... We're going into this game, despite doing the double over them last season, we're almost going into this game really pessimistic, you know, giving up before we've even started. Um, And I guess what's really interesting is this would have been one of the massive games of the season in previous seasons. As I said, today's Monday, the game's on Sunday, there's loads of tickets still available for the game. The fact that you, you can get tickets, you know, at such ease kind of tells its own story of the, let's say, the disconnect between the fans and the club right now and maybe the fans and the what's the point in spending £100 to go watch us lose they've given up before we've even started I asked you before whether you felt we'd get a result and you said no and I said that's how I feel too but is that a bit sad? Just being realistic isn't yeah. it? I think so yeah I mean what are your thoughts on Chelsea as a team? They're strong they're a strong team 
Um, Thomas Tuchel's turned turned it around for him. They had a lot of quality there, but Lampard wasn't getting the best out of them. I don't think he's a good coach, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're difficult to play against, you know. Do you think that's the difference with our squad and theirs? If you look at last season, they had a good squad. The manager wasn't getting enough out of them. I think we've got an average squad and the manager isn't getting enough out of them. But even at our best, are we able to compete with Chelsea? I mean, anyone can win anything on this day, but I guess what I'm saying is if we'd have changed manager when they'd have changed manager and brought in a manager of calibre, let's say we brought in Thomas Tuchel, you know, would he have got more out of us than Arteta will have? Or do you think well, our squad is just kind of not good enough full stop? Yeah, I think you're right. It's probably not It's not good enough. The players aren't aren't good enough. The majority of them. Um, the youngsters are good. We've got good youngsters. They'll be better this season than they were last season. I think Emil Smith-Rowe already looks physically better mm-hmm. um the way he's moving around the pitch I've, i just i see a change in him where mm-hmm. he's he seems to be uh a lot stronger and and Saka's just Saka you know what you're going to get there mm-hmm. but i think everywhere else the players kind of let let the squad down they let the young young lads down yeah you know you look to your Imagine being a Millsworth Row, you look to your left and Granite Shacker's there. Yeah. And it's demoralizing. It is demoralizing yeah. and yeah. I, I can't believe that we're we're this pessimistic This early into one the season. Day, one game into the yeah. season. Yeah. Do you think if we'd have lost to Brentford but we'd have actually made some quality signings, albeit they may not have been able to start yet because of, say, injury or illness or whatever, but we'd have made that intent and bought the players earlier, do you think this the the fan base wouldn't be as downheartened? Possibly. And looking at potentially who we are bringing in, I can't see that turning it around getting yeah. people excited yeah. we're just getting back say we bring back Odegaard it's just who we had last season Yeah. so how's it going to be any different yeah yeah you're right you're right and actually I, <laughs> excuse me we um, we've been linked with so many players it's hard to know who to get excited about and who not because a lot of it turns out to be nothing doesn't it um, Chelsea played that Palace game and they have a few times under Tuchel with a 3-4-2-1 system Werner was up top on his own but actually I wonder two things really is he going to swap Werner and just put Lukaku up front especially on the performance that um, Ben White has had against Ivan Tony, physical striker out muscled him got the, you know, got the better of him you would argue Lukaku is even stronger and even a much better player than Ivan Tony is so Oh, it seems like an obvious thing to do. Or do you think he'll go two up front and do sort of big man, little man and have, um, you know, Werner running off the Lukaku knockdowns and, and wins? I guess the difference is, what I'm saying, they've got options mm. and we seem to be so one-dimensional. I think uh, they'll probably stick to to the system that they use. I don't think they need to change it for mm. us. Yeah. <laughs> 
they can just carry on as they are. Yeah. I don't think Lukaku will he start? Possibly not. Depends where his fitness is at, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there have been rumours, and again, it's always rumours, but I think even Sky Sports have been reporting that it's been rumoured he will start versus, or he'll be ready for, whether that means he'll start or come on, but he'll be ready for the Arsenal game. Um, even if he comes on as an impact player, it's the last sort of player you want to see when you're, you mm. know, you're knackered after 60 minutes, 70 minutes, whatever. Um, yeah, you would argue that, by and large, player for player, they're, they're better than us in, in most areas, bar, I don't know, three or four players, maybe, tops. Um, what's your Arsenal predicted lineup to play Chelsea? And as I say, bear in mind... It's uh, reported that Lacazette and Aubameyang might not be ready for mm. the Chelsea game as well. Um, run through a really quick predicted lineup, oh, or do you think it's just going to be? This feeling, and I wouldn't be surprised that he, that he mixes it up with the formation and plays three at the back because mm, it's worked so. for him against Chelsea before, and he just seems to be trying to put out fires at the minute. So I, I guess you see Ben White, Rob Holding, and probably Pablo Mari mm-hmm. but you might see Gabriel I don't know I don't think he's he's back until mid-September I read oh really I'm sure that's what I read yeah so we're kind of stuck with what we've got for quite some time if I'm not mistaken um, I'll have a quick look that's not good sure. news is it it's not it's not um, holding over Chambers yeah yeah better defender actually he's got a good record against Chelsea hasn't he as well um in mid, oh, so that's your three centre backs. Then mm. what you you got left wing back? I assume is going to be Kieran Tierney. Yeah, right wing back. This is the interesting one, isn't it? I don't know. Who cares? Ainsley Maitland-Niles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it was yeah. me, that's who I would go with. I, I think pace. I think right wing back. I think he's probably your best option. He's, you know, he's got the profile for that position and. Callum Chambers can't get up and down the wing. He showed against Brentford. He offered little to zero support for Pepe. Yeah. Uh, who I thought, just touching on Pepe quickly, that you know he, he put the effort in, was there, and he was up against two players quite a lot, and Chambers was nowhere to be seen, nowhere near him. No, no overlaps, nothing. Nothing. No, you're right. And... Um, yeah, midfield it would be Shaka and Sambi. Mm-hmm. And then Emil Smith Rowe in the number ten. Pepe on the right, probably. Saka might get a start this time. Yeah, I think he might, and I think Martinelli up front instead of Balogun. Yeah. I think you're probably right actually, it's gonna be that team, but I wonder if he's Arteta does seem quite stubborn. I wonder whether he'd actually persist with Balogun up front. Um, I mean, you, you could argue as a case for, for either. Um, I mean, Martinelli was really quiet against Brentford, albeit on the left wing as opposed to down the middle. Um, and again, he's fresh back from the Olympics. Is he going to put him straight into another game straight away? I, I, you know, Instead of maybe bringing him on as a, an impact sub player. Uh, I don't know. I mean, just just on Gabriel. Gabriel's not back until early September, mm. so a few weeks away. Um, Eddie and Ketia again early September, but this is back in training early September for those two. By the way, not back to the first team. 
uh, and um, Thomas Party back in training at the minute. I think he can do some individual work and strengthening. I saw videos of, but so we're not going to get them back for a couple of weeks. He, the he's, the, he's the big miss for me, Thomas Party. We we do look a lot stronger with him in the side. Yeah, he's, he's got the quality, isn't he? And that's yeah. what we need more of. More quality. It's not just quantity. Um, so I, I yeah I think you you're right. That's largely going to be the same team. Um, and Christ, if they can't get themselves up for a game against Chelsea, what? Why bother? Why bother? Um, we've got some difficult games coming up as well, haven't we? As I said, we've got Norwich, which you'd expect to be a, an easier game, but there's the, you know we could be three three losses out of three potentially by that point, um, which puts a lot of pressure on that game mm. to get a result. Um, and then we've got the North London derby, I think, after that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, you know, real run. If um, and we don't want to put the right one on the wall just yet, who knows? Chelsea is where we turned it around last season. There's no reason that couldn't happen again now. But um, if Arteta was to get the chop, with you know who's out there at the moment, is there anyone in particular that you're keen on, or you'd, you'd be like, you know what? I'd love us to get him. I think he'd really turn us around. No, I c- couldn't tell you. Have you got a name? I, I've not not got one to be honest. The the only one that I've I've abandoned about on Twitter, and I, I've, I'm not saying as a trendsetter, by the way, it's quite an obvious choice given that he's not working at the moment. Was Antonio Conte? Um, some Chelsea. I mean, he had success at Chelsea, but again, Chelsea, you could argue, have a better squad to to work with than we have. But of course, both being Italian, he was Italy manager, and the Italy squad he had at the time was one of the worst that we've had in in many a year, I think. But he got them playing not necessarily good football, and I get tournament football is different to uh, league football because it's all about how it's not about how you get through; it's just get through. So they were very um, drilled, which I know is the issue we've got with Arteta. But I feel like Conte's drilling is uh, almost more as a team, as a unit, as opposed to individuals being drilled and running and passing in certain ways. I'd be up for uh, for, for Conte. I think his non-negotiables are actually respected because he's been there and he's won stuff and, and he's done it. I, I think Arteta's non-negotiables have fallen by the wayside, if you ask me. I think people can get away with more... William went to Dubai last season, didn't he? Just mid-season, and it was like, "What are you doing?" But there were no repercussions for it. Um, just, just one of a couple of bits that you see. So anyway, going off on a tangent, I, I'd be keen with Conte, and I think we could probably get players from Inter Milan that would be willing to come and play for him as well, if that's of any help to us. Um, I just envisage that being more of the same, and him getting frustrated that he can't get the players he wants yeah. he might not even want to come uh, he right. might not even want to come um, other than him I'm, I'm struggling too that's available that's not well even if they're at another club but a realistic proposition there's uh, is it the chap at Ajax I forget his name now um, Den Haag the one that turned down Spurs yeah um, I'm always dubious of people coming from like with respect you know, a smaller league like the Dutch league or, or you know, some somewhere like that, even France, because it's a different it's a different ball game if you like. Mm. Um so look, I I don't wanna necessarily say 
we're ready for that, but I don't think it might be that far away. And I think even the most ardent of Arteta in fans are probably heading towards that. You know what? Time's done. Um, when when can you see the Cronkies giving him until? Who knows with those guys? Because we said Arteta and give him more time. Arteta and give him the summer. Arteta and right, it starts yeah, from this did. season. We've all, we said that all along. Um, and after one game, and after the lack of progress really in the transfer market, we're already saying, mm, I think we're getting to that point. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So, um, how long? Uh, depends how bad it really gets. I, I, Christmas. Yeah, you think as long as that. Yeah. You're right. It's kind of the the amount of time that any club would give. This forget last season, you know you're in a you're into a season. They kind of get till Christmas, don't they? If it's yeah. not going well, yeah. you can bring someone in. They've got the transfer window to get one or two that they want to get in. That tends to be how it works. Yeah, so. no, you're absolutely right. All right, look, we're getting on with time. Um, we've got we've had so many questions come in this week. Um, silly amount silly amount so thank you for that we really really appreciate it um, it's good to know that there are people listening and obviously interacting um, we're only going to choose a few to read through because uh, we literally won't have time to go through all of them so what do we got two each you want to go through two two questions each yep um, do you want to just choose one at random yep one second just to put you on the spot mm. put some hold music just trying to find where you sent well, I've got one here. Yeah, you go then. Should we go through that? Right. Um, so, this one's from um, the Anglo-Italian podcast, at Italian Anglo Pod. Uh, and they ask, how do we solve a problem like Orba and Lacquer? Is it best to be shot of both? If not, which one are we keeping and why? Uh, and obviously, Aubameyang signed a new uh, lucrative contract last season. Um, and Lacazette is into the final year of his contract. Who would you keep? Would you get rid of both of them? Uh, you know, we've got what? So we've got 16 days left, 15 days left of this transfer window. Would you get rid of both of them if you could find suitable replacements? Would you get rid of either of them? None of them? What's your take? Seems unrealistic to do both. I think it could be useful to, to get some someone different in looking at the one year contract that he's got left or the year left that he's yeah. got uh, Lacazette I think you do it now you risk losing him for nothing don't you mm -hmm. there's a bit of interest there does he bring enough money is it a, you know yeah when you're that deep into your the end of your contract, if you like, or so close to the end of your contract, by by January he can sign a pre-contract with mm. an overseas club uh, to move in the summer, and he'll get a massive signing on bonus, won't he? So from his perspective, financially, it'd be better for him to hold out until at least January to to sign that that pre-contract. From our perspective, I think whether we keep him or whether he goes now, we're not going to get an awful lot of money for him, really, are we? Because he's He's got hardly any time left on his contract. Another, you know, stupid thing that Arsenal have done. You either should have got rid of him 
almost a season ago to get some some value out of him or or signing up to a new contract but again we find ourselves in a stupid position of likely lose a striker for free mm. so what do you do then do you if someone comes in for Oba I, do you know what do you, do you just take it and run because there just seems to be something not quite right there mm. whether it's with him whether it's him with Arteta or, or vice versa I mean even when he's in the team he had an awful season last season really didn't he by his standards um, and whether it's we're playing him out of position or he's just not gelling with this team to me he's not a captain I've said that all along he's not captain material um, and so it's a bit like the Ozil situation who do you back do you back the manager or do you back the player and if they're backing the manager I'd sell Orba if a, if a decent offer came in and I'd keep Lacazette and then just rebuild the, the strike force in the summer <laughs> next year you know another flipping well it's, you'll have to rebuild goal. it soon because they're both in their 30s aren't they yeah yeah I just uh, I haven't felt like um, you could argue it's the team behind him not creating enough but I just feel like Aubameyang isn't the player of last 18 months or so you know prior to that we've lost something with him we're not giving him enough maybe for him to produce his best but I don't think we're going to be able to and and also I said he's not to me the sort of player that takes the game by the scruff of the neck I feel like that Saka in our team or even Pepe I just don't I, I don't know I'm really uh, losing the love with, with Orba I've got to be honest mm. would you sell him if a, if a I, th- I think so because uh, and I'm not saying this is one we should go for but the rumour today was a straight swap with Barcelona for Coutinho <laughs> <laughs> next question next question go on who have you got um, I've got Bungle the Gooner great name and Bungle says lads simply would like to ask how bad do you feel it could potentially get before it starts to get any better? That is a good question, Bungle. Um, That is a good question. How bad could it get? I think it would have to get really bad before Arteta was sacked. And I think at that point, it would get better. You get the new manager bounce. Um, And I think at that point, we sort of see the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow I just thought to get a rainbow gag in there because it's fungal <laughs> um, yeah I, I do I don't think with the current playing squad and unless we make some world class additions I can't see Arteta is actually going to get any more out of this squad than he already is uh, everyone wants that fairy tale, don't they ex-player comes back as a manager makes it work didn't work for Chelsea they, they cut ties and they're European champions you know, we need to be ruthless in that in that respect, don't we? My concern, and don't know about you, Diddley, is that the Cronkies aren't ruthless enough. I see them as an American version of Mike Ashley. As long as I get my money by keeping you in the Prem, I'm onto a winner. Mm. That's how I see them, I really do. You? Yeah, because where are they? They're not here, are they? You know, they're not in the stands every week. But... Be, they're they're be, not emotionally invested. But be excited. <laughs> as, as Josh Cronky said. Yeah. Be excited. Yeah. Right. Make us right. excited, Josh. Sort it out. Um, right. And 
And yeah, and here's another question, actually. We'll go with this one. This is from Chris Bullard, who's at Chris underscore Bullard 01. He says, do you feel these protests are just fans moaning and have no real impact on the owners and the club? There's a protest due ahead of the Chelsea game on the 22nd of August, obviously, that we've just spoken about. Do you feel that they tend to look at those and pay any attention or not? Not. They don't care. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. I'd be surprised if he even puts puts the game on. <laughs> yeah. Would you? No, not. I, I mean, I think Josh would. I don't think Stan would. I don't. I don't. I think he's so. If this was his only project, he'd be all over it. But the fact that he's got so many other projects in terms of sporting ventures and just KSE Entertainment or whatever they call sporting, yeah, KSE Cronky Sports Entertainment. I, I think he's got so many other things going on. This is just like. You know, it's like he plays Monopoly and this is one house on the board. He's not going to go to this house all the time, is he? He's going to look at the others as well. So, I don't think so. I guess what I will say is, doing something is better than doing nothing. You know? So, there was the We Care Do You campaign, wasn't there? And I think off the back of that, we spent some money on players. Um, I don't know. Are people better at voting with their feet and not going to games? A bit like, they say, Chelsea, where there's lots of tickets still available. Everyone says, hit them in the pocket. That's where it's going to get them best. But... Yeah, it's a difficult to... thing to uh, achieve. Yeah, I think so. And also, what's the end result? The end result would be for the Conquies to go. They're not going anywhere. So what's next after that? The manager. I don't think they're going to get rid of them just yet. Like so, it's got to get really bad before they do. I mean, we were on a what? Ten, was it ten game winless streak? Twelve game? And they still stuck with him last season. Mm. <laughs> Go on then. What's the final one that we've got then, Diddley? Oh, we've got too many. We have. Uh, that's that's a similar question. Um, another podcast friend of the show. FTLOL podcast. Go follow them. They say, are people overreacting to this loss? Personally, would have predicted Arsenal finish at best sixth, at worst eighth this season, and don't think the Brentford loss and this weekend's results, including Leeds, Villa, Everton, etc., changes that. Yeah. Are people overreacting? Uh, look, it was disappointing, and it's never nice to lose the first game of the season. Are people overreacting? Maybe a tad. You know, maybe they are a little bit. Last season we lost to Burnley 1-0, but then we beat Chelsea. So there are going to be games this season where you lose to a, a lower opposition, a lesser opposition, respectfully, but then we'll probably end up beating one of the top six. And over the course of the season, it kind of pans out. And they're right, we probably will finish somewhere between sixth and eighth. We can't really harbour any major ambitions to finish in the top four or even the top six based on current squad and the yeah. uh, lack of activity in the transfer market if people were expecting us to finish fourth then fine I guess it's not overreacting because that's where you were expecting us to be but if you had any realistic impression and, and understanding of the squad and where we're going to finish yeah then you're right it was, it's almost to be expected to some degree mm. we shouldn't accept it but it should be expected just my view you did Lou same yeah same sorry to not 
you know. No, well, I mean, we've spoken about similar points mm. over the course of the weekend, so... Yeah, uh, I just of... think this game was always set up for us to not really, even if we won the game, you know. Uh, fans would still find something to to take a issue with. Mm. And for Brentford, it was just, it was massive. It was their first game in the top flight for 74 years, their first ever game in the Premier League. The fans back in the ground for the first time since they got promoted. It was a big occasion. It was it, one of the worst was, opponents we could have possibly faced in a way. Yeah, because they're probably the better of the promoted sides. I think, you know, Watford are decent. They beat Villa. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you only had to see afterwards. There was... They did a lap of honour, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a bit over the top. The manager was singing and high-fiving everyone and they were all singing, Hey Jude. <laughs> yes, I did For some reason, I don't know. Yeah. Carragher was getting involved and, he, you know, he was over the top and, yeah, it was very biased and very... Uh, Romantic. Yeah, yeah, For the yeah. neutral, it was Yeah, very great romantic. if you're a yeah. neutral or you're a Brentford fan. Yeah. But shit if you're a Guna. Yeah, and uh, especially as Spurs beat Man City as well. That, was, that just topped it off. Shit football weekend. But look, we go again. Do you want to do one more each? Yeah, if you want, yeah. yeah do one yeah, more, why let's, not? Let's make, make it the full hour and a half. <laughs> go on then, have you got another one there? Or do you want me to find one? Yeah, you find one. All right. Um, here we go then. So this one is from... Uh, he says... This one's from at Kiers Dan, who's CHD Daddy on, um, on Twitter. He says, Masterstroke from Arteta, letting Stan and his crew know how bad we need investment in the squad, don't you think? <laughs> I also think there can be comparisons drawn between KSC and Ashley at Newcastle. Interesting you say that, we just mentioned it. What do you think needs to be done at boardroom level to help us compete? We brought in Richard Garlick mm. to you know, flavour things up a little. Who <laughs> uh, was at West Brom, if I'm not mistaken? Well, he was with, was he with West Brom then in Premier League. Oh, was it Premier League, was it? Apologies, yeah. Um, apparently he's been given big credit for some of the contract renewals that we've made. You think Saka, Smith-Rowe, Martinelli, etc. Um, I can't imagine we would get rid of someone that's done so well with those with those contracts if it is largely down to him. There was a journalist that said when we appointed Edu famous now it is, it's, uh, I can't remember who it was but he said Edu Gaspar going to Arsenal my condolences to you and everyone was like what? And you can't help but wonder or well, maybe he had a point you know have we have we kind of done anything there you could, were the better options available Mark Overmars was linked at the time wasn't he a sporting director um, and then you've got Vinay who's never had any experience in football I don't think prior to Arsenal do we need more footballing men with more footballing contacts at the club. Definitely, yeah. And people that can say this isn't good enough. And tell the con because they just we need new owners, is what we need yeah. ultimately. Because they're just not football people. They don't get it. 
They're never here. They're businessmen. Yeah. They're businessmen. They don't spend any of their own money or very little of their own money. Largely speaking, it is still generated from the club, whether that be TV money, commercial contracts, etc., etc. Um, but yeah, you're right. Football people in and around the boardroom. Diversity. All for it. Yeah. Here's one for you. It's a very romantic notion. I've used that word romantic twice in, in a minute. But if Wenger was available and said, I'll come back, I'll be your technical director, I'll help buy players, would, would you take him over Edu or do you kind of feel like that ship is stale and you don't want to taint his legacy? Yeah, that's a good good question. Thanks, that was all on my own. Yeah. What's your answer? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll... Oh, I don't know... Like you say, it's like, oh, do you want to go over old ground? Would he be too interfering? With, but can it get any worse? <laughs> yeah, just... I don't know if he'd interfere. If anything, do you know what? I think he'd still have that pull to get good players to come back to Arsenal. They wouldn't be playing under him, but Fenger's there. And I think people would be like, yeah, okay, if Wenger's there, I'll come back. Mm, quite possibly. I don't think we have enough of that. We don't have enough of that 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 gravitas, if you like, to to get people to come. Well, I don't know, we're kind of living off past glories and then you go down to a... Living off past glories, not in Europe, then you get down to kind of like another level of player where you're not at the elite table anymore. Um, so there you go. That's what I think needs to change. We, we need to change our day. We need to change Vinay and... Possibly change Arteta as well. We'll see. One last question. One last question. Uh, it's a transfer one. Okay. Graham XAFC at Graham XAFC. Nice and easy. Yep. Good day. Good day to you. Good day. Oh, it could be good. No, it's not good day because that's spelled differently. Oh, it's good day. It's good day. Maybe it's really posh. Is there still a possibility of getting Martinez from Inter? We mentioned this in our transfer roundup at the beginning, didn't we? Uh, honestly, I can't see it. Apparently, he's rejected Spurs. Um, who, let's be honest, are playing better football than we are at the moment. Why would he want to come to Arsenal? And as I say, just like Spurs in this respect, we don't have the pool. We don't have a, a you know famous manager that people really can't wait to work with. Um, and we're not in Europe. We're not going anywhere. The only reason he would come to us, money. If we said, here's some mega bucks, that's the only reason I think. Nice mm. stadium, London, but I'm not convinced. You? Do you not think the way he's been able to convince the young players to extend their contracts bodes well at all? For what, convincing other players so to join? Yeah. Not really. No, I really don't. Um... You just think it's easy because they want to be there anyway because they love Arsenal because they've been there for a long yeah, time. Yeah, to some degree, I really do. I really do. Uh, look, I think winning the FA Cup helped. That helped convince a lot of people, players, including the likes of Aubameyang at the time, who, let's be honest, we needed him desperately to, to sign. He was in form. We just won the FA Cup. I think winning the FA Cup changed people's mentality. Everyone went into last season full of hope and confidence. Like, just beating... City in the semis, we just be in Chelsea in the in the final. We're going places under Arteta, you know. Uh, Guardiola's cone boy is actually a genius. And then last season was 
god awful shambles and it's just deteriorated kind of since then I know second half of the season we were much better but look how we started this season look at the transfers we've fallen behind our our peers so no I can't see that one happening can you? be nice but no sorry alright we're going to wrap it up there uh, thank you you've been with us for over an hour and a half which is mad um, but really really appreciate your support really appreciate all the questions that we couldn't get around to answering all of them but we, we certainly see them all and we discuss them internally amongst ourselves even if we don't uh, even if we don't get to read all of them out but please continue to support us and um, as I say don't forget to tell everybody that is an Arsenal fan about Blast from the Arsenal podcast um, Diddly, uh, we, we did it right at the beginning but we'll, we'll do it right at the end if anyone wants to follow us on Twitter or Instagram where is it they find us? at Blast Arsenal Pod simple as that, we don't want your money, we just want your support uh, any last words from you otherwise Apple Podcast, 5 star review get it, get it done standard and then get other people to do it too uh, that's it so we will catch up with these lovely listeners on Monday next week after the weekend fixture with Chelsea hopefully we'll be full of beans uh, and happy at a good result or or not you know it could be quite toxic we'll have lots to talk about from, from that as well and transfers no doubt and transfers of course of course alright until next week thank you very much and we'll speak to you all soon cool bye Listening to Blast from the Arsenal.